Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. Now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Oates. What are you guys up to this week? Anything 
exciting other than the video games? No. <laughs> Which I do have uh, a little video game story to tell. So I've broke down and I, I've been getting... We talked about this last time, you know, how much I've been getting into Batman. I um, went and bought Jaden a new game and I was looking around. It was on sale, so I bought uh, Batman Arkham, Arkham City. Yeah, it's yeah. the last one. <clears throat> now, it's been years since I actually sat down and to play a video game. I mean, to actually play to win a video game. I got so engrossed into it. And I think like at 4 o'clock in the morning, I realized what time it was. I actually made good headway. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, the, the, the graphics mm -hmm. and, and the storyline, everything was just right on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. What are you guys playing right now? Um, right now we're playing Terra. What is that? It's a MMORPG. It's an online game. Uh -huh. it, it was previously a... Pay-to-play game. Pay-to-play game. You go and you buy the disc, and, and then you, down, it you install it. it. Yeah. You get a free month, and then you have to pay for the month after that. But I guess it didn't do as well as they had hoped, so they recently changed it into a, a free-to-play game. A lot of people call it a pay-to-win. Yeah. Basically, like, if you don't pay to play the game, you, you can't do anything, which isn't true. Like, I'm the type of person, I like to pay, because like, like, there's a status. You get elite status, like extra right. bonuses every month, and you get a certain set of things. Because I'm just, I don't have the dedication in my heart to sit there and grind for whatever, and yeah. But you can pay, basically be just as good as anybody else without paying in that game so far. It just turned, so we'll see how money-hungry this game gets, because a lot of games get crazy. DC. <laughs> DC's not even money-hungry. I'd say, like, Maple Story. Yeah. That game is so money-hungry. Like, it started out, like, I think it was completely free-to-play when it first started out. It did. Uh -huh. It was. And then they added, like, a cash shop. You can go in there and buy like EXP coupons, clothing for your character, which don't give many stats just for looks. Like right, the the in the in game clothes are so hideous. I guess you have to buy the cash out clothes, but and like if you want extra st storage, they give you four sport storage spaces, which is nothing. How many do you need? A lot. As many as possible in that game. Oh really? Yeah. So like you give you, they give you four, and then you have to buy them, and each four store storage spaces are like four dollars. Yeah, that game is money hungry. To get married in that game is $25. Actual money. People, yes, and that game makes millions upon millions of dollars. Like they everybody in that game buys stuff. They're all it's all based on like like younger kids. Like I play it just because I started playing it a long time ago. I don't haven't played it for a while, but that game probably won't play it for a while. <laughs> yeah, now that I have Terra, I probably won't play it for a while, but that game is super money hungry. A lot of these free to play ga games, that's how they they make more money being free to play than if they were pay to play. Really? Yeah, because every aspect extra you want costs up the up the butt. It's not like cheap. Miss Zoe has joined us again. She wants her aunt back, I think. She, no, 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 it was a fake fake out. Okay, here we go. A little sly. <laughs> so anyway, I I got into it. I'm at the point. Are you guys familiar with the game? At yeah, all? I want to. I want to get the first one, Arkham Asylum. I want to play the, the Arkham City too, but we want to play it like in order. I want to play them in order. Ah. See, because I'm at the point where I'm just uh, a little bit... I'm about to interrogate Joker. I'm looking for Joker. So I don't know how far that is in actual gameplay. Yeah. I know how it ends. Cause... Don't <laughs> say... He's like, he's like, I should tell you. I'm like, you better not tell me because I want to play that game. It no, my really... friend told me. I was telling you, he's like... <laughs> So you're probably never gonna play that game, right? I was like, probably not, because I, I at the time I didn't really have any money f 
for games and I was playing DC. Right. So that, that's a free that's a free to play game on PlayStation. So I was playing that and he's like, "You're probably never gonna play it." I was like, "Probably not." So he's like, "I'll I'll just tell you." I was like, "Okay," and I was listening to it. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I, I want to play it, so <clears throat> he's not allowed to tell me what happens because I've been wanting to play that game. There's also a game that's coming out. Um, oh, what is it called? It's Injustice. Injustice. Yeah, we, pre- we pre-ordered that. I I seriously considered buying that game. You, you, you know, need pre-order. to buy it. You need to pre-order because it, it gives you extra stuff. Yeah, it gives you like extra costs. If there's a game that you're that you're seriously considering getting and that it looks really interesting to you, uh-huh. it's always best to pre-order because you always get extra stuff that you're never gonna be able to get again. Really? Yep. Yeah. Every game. And it's there. It costs nothing to pre-order it. You put money yeah. down on it, like a it down payment. It doesn't cost extra. It's just a down payment, and then you pay the rest when you go pick it up. But, like, I know for Final Fantasy thirteen two, that gave you a lot of... When you pre-ordered it, it gave you a lot of extra stuff. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. Some games are like that. Like, uh, Soul Calibur Five was like that. If you pre-ordered it, you got, like, a like a booklet thing and a bunch of other stuff with it, like an art book, uh, DVDs on how they made the game, stuff like that. It's pretty cool. So I have an interesting story to tell. I kind of led up to it when you guys got here. Um, backstory. Now, if people that listen to Sibling Rivalry, the very first Sibling Rivalry, when we first sat down and started podcasting, we talked about this briefly. Um, we're big X-Men fans. Yeah. Your favorite artist of all time is who? Jim Lee. Right. And he's one of my favorite artists. You know, I, I followed him through the whole X-Men period <laughs> when he was doing the X-Men. My favorite writer is Chris Claremont. Yeah. If it wasn't for Chris Claremont, I wouldn't have become a writer. I mean, that's how much I owe to him. And so when the second volume of X-Men came out, it was written by Chris Claremont and drawn by Jim Lee. So imagine our, you know, excitement. And they were very good stories. Well, I was stemming around on... You can actually find this on www.uncannyxmen.net. I haven't been on this site in like 10 years. I didn't even realize it was still open. Yeah. And there was a, a thing where they did a kind of an expose on Chris mm-hmm. Claremont about why he left you know at the height of his stardom he left and they they did this whole thing and to sum it up and i'm going to go into a little bit more detail as we talk but to sum it up basically during the early 90s it was all artist driven you know all the stories were driven by the artist and the the editors were backing up the artist Mm. Well, Chris Claremont had, you know, he had stories all the way up to issue 300. Yeah. He, he was ready to go for, you know, several more years. Well, for Jim Lee, he didn't like that. Because Jim Lee was the one who was going to have to draw these issues. So he's like, no, I don't want this to happen. And over the course of time, everything that, over the course of time, everything that uh, Chris Claremont tried to put out Jim Lee blocked them and Jim Lee went to Bob Harris who was the editor-in-chief at the time and said look I just can't work with Chris Claremont 
And because at the time, again, because of the whole artist-driven thing of the 90s, yeah, they fired Chris Clement. Because he was too lazy to draw what he wrote. Right. Why did he have a job then? Well, that's that's kind of where it goes into the whole image thing. Yeah. Because remember when Image first came out, and you were really young at the time. Yeah. It was more art-driven, hardly any story. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much what the artist wanted to do. The artist would come up, draw the story, and give it to a writer and say, here, you figure out what the story is. Yeah. And that's pretty much why they left Marvel. It's because they, they essentially just didn't want to put that much effort into drawing a comic book. That's ridiculous. So now, we go into the story itself. And what happened was, is Uncanny X-Men and X-Factor. Mm. Now, back that, at that point in the 90s, X-Factor was the original X-Men. Yeah. The original five. And Chris Claremont felt that it was kind of silly to have the original X-Men not on an X-Men team. Yeah. So the the original concept, he went to Bob Harris and he told Bob Harris, he's like, look, we need the X-Men on the X-Men, not a different title. Yeah. And he said, I'll write both. That's not a problem. The original concept was that Chris was going to write the Uncanny X-Men and X-Men, or what they now know as X-Men Legacy, or new X-Men, or whatever the hell they're calling it now. Well, when it came down to start writing, they actually hired somebody else to write the Uncanny X-Men, which pissed him off, because he had been writing the Uncanny X-Men for 15 years. Yeah. And essentially, without even him knowing it, he got kicked off his own title. Okay, so then he was like, okay... Well, this is what I'm going to do. And starting from issue one, because he only did three issues of the of the new X-Men. By the time he got to writing the third issue, he's like, I'm, no. I don't blame him. No. And that was it. And he talked about how originally he planned on killing Wolverine. Now, this is good. Wolverine was going to have a battle with Lady Deathstrike. And because Lady Deathstrike's hands are made of adamantium, she could penetrate, in, and she was supposed to pull out his heart. Yeah. And they both were going to die. Well, what would happen was his healing factor would kick in. So it would take a long time, but literally his, his healing factor would make him a new heart. Well, in the process of him reanimating, because it's taking everything from his body to reanimate the heart, like his arms and his legs would start decaying. Uh Kind of a nasty idea. Yeah. Well, when he would come back, he he would kind of have amnesia again. Yeah. And he was supposed to be taking control of the hand. The hand is like this group. It's a magical group. And he was going to be a bad guy. Oh, that's cool. And he was supposed to go head-to-head with Colossus. Oh, wow. And Chris Claremont said he even had the cover mapped out in his head. It was just black background, white uh, light. And in the middle of the white light is the animanium claws with the casings. You know, because originally it was supposed to, it was supposed to be cased in his arms. Yeah. Well, that was, they were just sitting there. And Colossus was supposed to fight Wolverine. And Colossus would eventually grab Wolverine's claws 
and rip them out. That is so cool. And then eventually, that's where the bone claws. See, everybody was saying that Joe Quazada was the one that came up with the idea with the bone claws. It was Chris Claremont. Oh. Chris Claremont said that his healing factor would have kicked in and regenerated new claws. Yeah. And what he said is he made Wolverine almost, in, un, un, what's the word I'm looking for? Invincible. <laughs> He's you basically know? immortal. Yeah. And what he wanted to do, he was he wanted to bring Wolverine down to with everybody else in the team. Yeah. And because Wolverine was such a big commodity, you know, he was really getting popularity, they wouldn't let him do that either. That would have been cool if they would have done that. I, I would have liked Wolverine a lot more. I still, <laughs> I still like Wolverine. And one lost. of the things that he was going to do is he was going to have Jean Grey pretend to be Wolverine, bad Wolverine's love interest. Yeah. You know, as she's the one that would be telepathically trying to get to the Wolverine everybody knew. Yeah. You know, that block that was up. And then because of where she would go into Wolverine's psyche, there would be a special bond, a special connection. And Chris Claremont said that he had always wanted to play with the love triangle with Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. Yeah. But this would take it even a further because now, before it was just a, a physical attraction. Yeah. You know, there was really no, no emotional connection there. It was just physical. Yeah. But adding an emotional attraction as well as a physical attraction would have heightened that storyline. It would have been so, so much better. Good. Yes. Yeah, it sounds really good. So that was it. They. Does he do anything else now or no? Uh, I don't think he's doing anything else. They they hired him back in 2000 to write the X-Men. And they fired him again because they said he was too wordy. Too wordy. Yes. They, they said that for the readers of that time in the early part of 2000, weren't interested in reading that much script yeah. from Chris Claremont. So they said, tone it down. And Chris Claremont said, I'm a writer. You know, that's yeah. what I do, is I write. And they... To me, like, in a comic book, it doesn't have enough words in it. It's just like a bunch of pictures, basically. Mm -hmm. It is. And a it's... lot of comic books are like that. Too. Yes, I was about to say, a lot that's of That's why it... I like to read manga. Because manga goes really in-depth. Yeah. Or graphic novels, too. Really? And then, in 2003 or 2004, or something like that, they brought him back because they were doing... Um, these end stories which were conclusions to all the titles it was just the thing they were doing and so they felt that no one could conclude the x-men better than chris claremont so chris claremont came back and he wrote x-men the end and originally all the other books were just book one part one part two part three yeah chris claremont because he was smart this time, had it in his contract that he could be as wordy as he wanted to be. Everybody else came, had only had three issues. His totaled nine issues <laughs> of telling the story. So, but yeah, essentially what it all came down to is the 15-year run of Chris Claremont came to an end because of Jim Lee. Wow. What do you think? Stupid. I was... I think Jim Lee got a little too cocky. I mean, and he is a great artist. He is a great artist, but it's gone to his head, obviously. But 
you know what? You... How do I say this nicely? You have to have a writer to make a book. It doesn't matter if it's a comic book or a novel or whatever. You're getting paid to draw what people say. Right. That's why that's your you job. Are, yeah, that's why you're an artist. You don't. Well, it depends. If you're a comic artist or an illustrative artist, uh-huh. you're getting paid to write what people say. Yeah. Right. If you want to write? If you want to draw what you want to draw, then you become a different type of artist. Right. So there you have it. I, I was really surprised, and, and I'm disappointed in him. And if you want, if you're interested, I actually have all nine. Um, well. There are three graphic novels. Yeah. Of the X. Oh, they're good too. Oh, they're good. In fact, I'll have to read it. I'll I'll pull them out before we leave. Well, before you guys leave. Yeah. I'll pull them out as long as you promise to take good care of them. Uh, let's see what else is going on in the world today. Um. I know I was. I I know I was gonna say I know we're not Catholic, but I, I think we should, you know, tap in that um, Nazi general. What's his name? Uh, what's this Pope's name? I don't know anything about the Pope. I just know he retired. I don't know what his name is. Benedict. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's his name. Pope Benedict. He was the Nazi youth... Uh, he was he was part of the Nazi youth camp. Really? During World War II. Yes. You didn't know that? Uh-uh. Yes. Wow. Now, there was two things... <clears throat> Originally, they made this big hoopla because the Pope was on Twitter. Well, they they showed him, and you know he typed a couple sentences on a laptop and hit enter. So everybody thought it was the Pope that was on Twitter. So obviously, you know, and all the celebrities do this too. They hire people. You do it for them. Yes, you know, to be them essentially. Probably their personal assistant, I'm guessing, it goes on right. their tweets for them and stuff. Well, the Pope had publicly said that. Today's modern society is something that he could not deal with. That it was just too advanced, too modern for him, and that he could not connect to today's society. And that, you know, the Catholic Church wanted to be more lenient, you know, with with their rules. Yeah. And him being, you know, old ass school. You know, because he's 85 years old. Yeah, he's old ass school. Plus, you know, being raised in Nazi Germany. Yeah. You know, he had a a total view, you know, (laughs) if he wouldn't admit it, but he probably had like an Aryan view, you know, and it just, he said his official thing was he mentally and physically could not handle the, the, the job of being a pope. Now, the last time somebody resigned as a pope mm-hmm. was like in 1262. Wow. And that was for six months and then they made him become pope again. And then he ended up dying as pope. So, he is technically going to be the first person to kick the bucket who was pope and then quit Yeah. and died not as the pope. Yeah. <clears throat> we have uh, a lot of background noise today. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. She's sick, so she's a little bit more needy than usual. Um, so, yeah, so the Catholic community is in this big uproar. They really have no clue 
you know, because they weren't expecting having to find a new pope. Yeah. In this point, because they figured, you know, he had at least five more years to live. <laughs> their planning was caught off guard. Yes. That and I don't know what they were thinking when they chose him. To be honest with you, because the reason why the pope. And this is just from my view as a non-Catholic member. But number one, Pope John Paul II, people didn't know. He was a stage actor. Really? Before he became a priest, he he acted. Oh, wow. So he knew how to play the audience. That's why people loved him so much is because he, he played to them. Yeah. That's what you need to do. You need to find someone who can play the audience because that's all... It comes down to What is the point of the Pope? I really don't know. Is it like a queen type of thing? Like, you know, they have, England has their queen that doesn't really do anything, just lives there and gets money? <sighs> How do I explain it? Okay, Peter, you know, uh, Jesus' apostle Peter. St. Peter? Like yeah. old, they say St. Peter. Yes. Yeah. They considered him the first Pope. Yeah. They considered the, the church that he built became the, the Catholic Church. Uh-huh. And... The Pope is like the first priest, mm-hmm. or you know, the closest priest to God, because Peter was so close to God. Well, Jesus, you know, and that's I guess that's how it, it kind of ran. I don't know. I, I really can't give you a whole bunch of. Well, bunch I don't of really know either, but I just I don't I want to understand what the Pope is there for. That's all. I'll have to look it up on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for Wikipedia. Uh, guess what, folks. Dave actually got out of the house. He got out of the state of California for a few days. Wow. He's living it up now. He's actually coming out of his shell as a hermit. I did lose $250, which I guess is okay because at least I didn't lose. Well, you know what? If that's all you've lost within like four or five years, (laughs) that's not bad. I was going to say try 10. Oh, 10 years? The last time I gambled was like 10 years, if not more. Yeah, I know. I'd say about 10 years. Because last time we went to Vegas, and um, that was in 2009, I didn't gamble at all. So, oh, okay. But I, I made up for that. $250 is nothing. Are you kidding me? One, oh, I don't want to admit this, but I don't know what was wrong with me. Go ahead. I don't remember why this happened. You started it. I was having a stressful ass time, and me mom went to freaking San Manuel... And I was just out of it. I don't know what was wrong with me. Now, real fast, San Manuel is a... Indian casino in California. Indi- yeah, okay. And before I knew it, I lost $800. You lost $800? Yes. Holy shit in a handbasket. I didn't even realize it. And after that, I promised myself... I haven't done it again since then. This is a couple years ago this happened. I thought I was like, never again. Never again. No, I ever... I won't even go there ever again. But... Like, usually when I go to the casino now, I've, I've been good, because I've, I've gone to the casino quite a few times. I only spend about maybe $200, 250 tops. Because you can't win anything anyway. We all know this. You could be like me and just play video games. <laughs> yeah, but people who win the big jackpots, it's like a rare, it's like a rare commodity. It rarely ever happens. Usually people that win those things spend more than what they got. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I got lucky because... I heard what you did. Oh, did you hear what happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, for the listeners, 
when you go to Vegas or, or any type of casino like that, you have a player's club card. And the machine that I was at had an option. It was a touchscreen machine. Yeah. It was nickels, dimes, quarters, quarters 50 cents, and dollars. Oh, wow. I had a lot. And I don't know if I set my ashtray down on the touchscreen or what I did, but unbeknownst to me, I picked a dollar. And I sat down. I was thinking I was playing like five cents. Yeah. I hit max bet on blackjack. It was a $50 bet. I was literally... Now, some of these people are you know, listening to this and like, oh, you're a puss, you know, 50 bucks. But for me, $50 on one hand to blackjack, I started hyperventilating. I was like, <gasps> well, thankfully enough, I actually won. Yeah. And I got the money. That back. happened to me. You know, you probably didn't touch it because that happened to me. We went to... We were at... I think we were at Buffalo Bills. Is that Prim? And... Yeah. I got on a machine, and I hit max bet. I put a $100 bill in there, and it took half my money away, and someone had already had it set up on the dollars. Really? And I didn't know that. So I was like, no, what happened to all my money? <laughs> I didn't win either. It was really devastating. Well, I was doing really good, and then I went to live blackjack, and I was really God, kicking butt. I'm so good at blackjack. It's my favorite. Live blackjack, I love it. Like... I still, I still never go over when I bet $100. Like, that's like adrenaline right there. It's not stupid, but I was like, I want to bet $100. Like, I have to do this just one time. Did you win? Yeah. I got blackjack. Oh, really? Yes. So you got, what, $250 back? No, they pay you, like, they pay you uh, one to... It's like, I got 150 back. Oh, okay. Besides my 100 that I bet. Because yep. I was playing it, and I only had $200. I turned that into, like, $800. Playing for two days. Just, like, playing... I, I played... Like I have, my, I have my ways of doing it. I play very smart. I don't bet more than like forty dollars ever. So I was like, you know what? I have eight hundred dollars. I'm just gonna bet one hundred dollars. If I lose, I lose. I don't. I don't. My mom, mom, my mom. Mom's like, you better not. You better not do that. I was like, come on, mom. I gotta do it one time. And then I got blackjack, and I was like, okay, I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> I was like, this is over. This, this, it's not gonna happen again for me. Well, I had about a six-inch high stack of five dollars. Yeah. You know, I was literally kicking ass and taking names. I was on a roll. Then all of a sudden, the lady's like, change out. I'm like, huh? What? What's change out? And they changed their people. She walked away. And a short little Asian walked up. She said something. I didn't understand the damn word she said. She she probably said, get your money, goodbye. Because, probably. <laughs> because within five hands, with from when that lady walked in, she walked out, she hit blackjack. Five times in a row. Wow. And within probably ten games, I was broke. Oh, wow. We have to go play together sometime because I love blackjack. It's my favorite. It's like, I, was like, I don't like to even play slots because that takes up so much more time. Mm -hmm. and it's more entertaining. And you can you can bet the lowest if you want, just if you want to be entertained, like if you're not trying to win big money. Right. That's what I like it for. And one day when Aaron becomes a man, we'll teach him how to play blackjack. No. I think it's fun. Um, it it it's a different. It's a whole different type of animal from slots. Yeah, it is. it's it's different from gambling. I don't even. I mean, it is gambling, but I view it like I'm when I play blackjack. Yeah, I want to win, but I'm not like, oh my god, I have to win. Like when you got slots, you're like, I better fucking fucking win. If I don't win, I'm gonna flip out. Like right. I hate slots. I cannot stand them at all. But I don't know how people. 
played either. Well, see, and I, I'm very reckless. And when our dad was alive, I used to stress him out. Because he was very book-oriented to playing blackjack. He's book-oriented, but he stresses me out, man. $500. I'm like, yeah. $500? I was like, give me some of that money. Do you know how much money I've seen him blow on one hand of blackjack? How much? You really don't know? No. Take a guess. 2000 You're really close. Three. $3,000. Oh, my God. I saw man. him lose $3,000 on one hand of blackjack, and it was like, boom, done. When me and him were playing, the last time we played together, he was like, but if I, I was like, stop. Because you know, like, my dad wasn't a drinker, but he'd be like, let me get one beer, you know, like, just one beer. Right. And then the lady's like, you want more beers? I'm like, you're not getting any more beers, dad. Stop taking the beers and stop betting three or $500 a hand. Stop. Mom was mad. She's like, you better give me some money right No. I'm doing what I want to do. Was, Leave me alone. Get out of here. But for me, I, I'm very, okay, for example, most people, if you get... A face card and a three, mm. you'd stand. No, if they have a face card and a three, no, you would stand. They, the dealer has that. But if you have it, you have to hit on it. Unless I, I know all the rules to blackjack, but. But see, for me, I would, <laughs> I'd keep going. What do you mean? Like if they had, if they had a face card and a three, right? The dealer? Yeah. Why would you keep going? Unless, okay, like if you have a twelve, say you have a twelve and they have a thirteen. You're gonna stay, but if you're under, if you're under like ten, if you're under anything that's ten and under, you hit on right. always. But if it's like, if it's like a um a twelve and a up, you stay. Okay, Th this is what I'm trying to say. You you don't care. You're playing for yourself and not for anybody else, basically. Right. Well, yeah. That's how Dean plays, and I hate that shit because that. <laughs> no, if I ever play blackjack with you, you're going by the rules. You know, for example, okay, <clears throat> they go, they have. A 10 or face card facing up, okay? They deal me, say, 13. You hit on it. I'm going to hit on it. You're supposed to hit on it. God, I need to teach him something. No, 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 because... Yeah, yeah, yes. You all... If they have a face card showing, you always hit on anything under 17. Always. I'm a blackjack pro. My dad taught me well. I know all the rules of blackjack. Hold on just for a minute, folks. This is actually my son coming up. Oh. Hi. Hi. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Jaden's official. Jaden's official podcast debut. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, he hasn't eaten anything today. Well, anyways, you're you're playing blackjack, right? Right. In your mind, you think you're being a rebel, but you're doing it the right way. Well, because okay, for example, um. Again, I had 13. They had a... I think it was like a queen. Yeah. Okay. And I said, you know, I, I did that. You know, which is the hand gesture to hit me. Yeah. And the lady looked at me. She goes, you want to hit? I'm like, yeah. She's messing with you. Were you drinking? No. She was messing with you because she asked you if you wanted to hit on a 13. Wow, that lady was an idiot. Well, anyway, to make a very long story short on that one... You got 21. I pulled an 8. Yeah. But when they have a face card showing, you're going to assume they have 20 or at least 17. Okay. Let's say they have a queen showing. You assume they have at least 17. If you have 13, you have to hit because you're trying to get at least 17. If she asked you if you wanted to hit, she was messing with you because it, 
everybody knows everybody. Well, you didn't know this, but you don't play. You don't play Blackjack that much, but no. Everybody knows if you if they're showing a face card or a ten, you have to hit on anything under seventeen. And even at that, you're seventeen. You like you have to stay on seventeen. You're supposed to, but it's like devastating because you know half time you're never gonna get it if you get seventeen anyways. But right. Unless oh, you should see me. I oh, when that lady turned and turned the ace. For the fifth time, I, I literally I stood up. I'm like, come on! I flipped the table. When you play, when you play blackjack wrong, you hurt everybody at the table. I know. Because the things I've seen Dean do, like you have the dealer, okay? The dealer's showing a three. Uh-huh. And then Dean's over here with, you know, probably like a 12 or something like that. And everybody knows you don't hit on a 12. Because you want that dealer to possibly have 13 and get a 10 and bust. Right. So he's sitting there he's, and he hits on it. And he gets his 21. But everybody else busts. And except for him and the dealer. He always does stuff like that all the time. And they're like, come on, man, stop. And he's like, I don't care. I'm playing for me. I'm not playing for anybody else but me. When you play for the whole table, you win a lot more, in my opinion. How so? Because if, say, you play, okay, you're playing your cards right, right? Say you have 12. Uh-huh. And everybody has at least 12, anywhere from 12 up, okay? Everybody has it. The dealer has a four showing. You guys all stay. The dealer turns over the other card at 14. They have to hit on that. There's 24. Everybody wins with the dealer. That's what you have to assume is going to happen. Right, right. In a situation right. like that. If one of those people mess up and act stupid, and they bust themselves, or they, or they get a 21 or whatever, and the dealer pulls a good card and gets 21 or 20 or 18, everybody loses. That person might win, but half the time they're going to lose themselves. So right. I don't know. I'm, I love blackjack. It's like, it, it takes a lot of thought, like thought process. Because I suck at math, so I'm like, <laughs> what do I have? What do I have? Wait, I got to count this. Hold on a second. But the thought process of it, I like that aspect of it. So all in all, I, I had a blast. One day, though, I mean, you have to go play blackjack. It's my favorite thing to do. So. And uh, well, we go to the wedding. I'm not gambling. I'm drinking. We talking about? I don't drink and gamble. I, I that's those two things stay separate for me. Now, <laughs> that's not so true for your brother. Oh, See? I already know that. <laughs> and uh, I mean, for me, and I know it's kind of the idea behind the free drinks. Yeah. Because they, the casinos want you to get loosened. Up where you're like, okay, I'm gonna. Okay, maybe it's it's good to bet five hundred dollars on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's they okay. want you to get drunk. Like, it's funny though because when I go, I always like I'll play blackjack for like hours, like till five o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, can you bring me up energy? Because they have, I guess you don't. I don't know if you know, but they have energy drinks they give now. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they give you monsters. So I'm like, can I get an energy drink? And like they they get real skimpy. Like they don't want to give you a lot. They want you to get alcohol. They don't want you to be alert. You know. Right. But I was like. Energy drink, bring me energy drink, bring me energy. I'm like shaking over here. <laughs> be like, me, one time when me and Mom up to five o'clock in the morning playing, we were like, we gotta go to bed. Our eyes were like this big. It was, it was funny. Uh, but for me, it's not that I become irrational. Yeah. It's I'm more open to take a chance. Well, the, there's like a fine line be, between having a few drinks. And being shit faced drunk, can't stand up, Dean drunk, right. Dean, or this one guy that tried to take mom to the room one time. <laughs> he was my age, really. Yeah, and mom went to. I was staying down playing, and 
mom went to the room and this guy went to his room and they got on the same elevator and he's like trying to get mom to go after him and have sex with him he was like my age yeah I heard about that story yes and he was shit face drunk at the table I was like what? he was like falling asleep and he had an accent <laughs> like what kind of accent like a southern accent he's like I'm she, mom, he's like uh, what are you gonna do she's like I'm just going to bed he's like I'm gonna go in my room and play with myself and mom's like what she's just like okay she's sitting in the elevator he's like you should join me she's like no, that's okay. He's like, come on, you know you want it. Mom was like, oh, God. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine how red her face probably was. <laughs> oh. Some people have no shame. He, no. Was so, he was so, he was, he could barely walk. He was so drunk. He was like, passing out the table. Really? That's like, when you get that drunk, and I love my mom, but I don't think anybody my age would try to hit on somebody that's, you know, almost 60 almost years 60 old. Almost 60 year old, yeah. There's something wrong with you. You need to tip up the drink down. <laughs> yeah. It was it was bad. But for me, when I, I have a drink or two, um, for example, and I know this sounds silly, but if I play double ups, mm-hmm. as long as I have, if I double my money once, I don't go again. 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 I don't either. Because I, I learned because the hard way. Because you just doubled your money. <laughs> yeah. Now, with a, a drink... You will. <laughs> I will. I've done it a couple times and I've won, but the majority of times I, I'll just try. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go for it, you know, and I never it never happens usually. Uh, when I was playing the double ups, I kept hitting the two, and mom was sitting right next to me, and she's like, "Are you, you know you're not trying to pick the two?" And I'm like, "I know I'm not trying to pick the two. I'm just picking the two." <laughs> But yeah, I had a really good time. That's um, good. The kids were sick, and I, I guess I haven't touched on that yet. Um, for the last week, week and a, well, for about a week and a half, two weeks, Jaden was sick. It's been about two weeks. Jaden was really it's been at least two weeks. Yeah, because you guys went to to the saline almost a week ago. Yeah, but Jaden uh, literally was just sick. Yeah, I felt so bad for him. Zoe, as you can look in her face and tell, she's still not feeling good. She don't feel good, but she sure Jeez. is hyper over there. Yeah. Uh, she's being a trooper, though. About an hour before you guys got here, Mom showed up for a while. And Zoe got a hold of Mom's Diet Coke. Damn it, Mom. I'm going to talk to that woman. Yeah. Do an, inter- oh, you want do an intervention. Don't give her soda the night of the podcast, please. And yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She gets excited when she sees, uh, you know, her Nani because... Because Nani's got the soda. Yeah. She's the soda lady. <laughs> so. But yeah, it is what it is. Uh, her and Lacey are trying to work out all the details of you guys' <laughs> wedding. And, um, I hope you like what we got you, you know, as far as uh, a wedding present. I'm sure I will. It's... Uh, you know, sentimental. Okay. So, you guys will, I'm hoping you'll like it. Um, okay, since we kind of segued into the wedding, any, any new plans, anything going on that didn't happen last week? Uh, I don't think so. No. Everything's still as is. So you guys are still getting the limo, right? No. Because they want you to give, sorry, because they want you to give like a huge 
Because you have to give all these tips. Yeah. And then they said if, if you get the limo... They want a $40 They have yeah. all these rules and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's like, why I brought it up is because I was like actually... That's a, they want a $40 tip. And then they, they said, like, if you take the limo, you can't... Like, you, I don't know. You have to wait up in your room, and it's just weird the way they do it. Yeah. I, I was... Well, I was reading it, or... or but, yeah. Um, you get the limo, and you literally have to wait in your room. You can't go down. You have to wait in your room up to an hour in advance, wait for a limo driver to come get you, walk you down, take you to the you know the limo, then you have to make sure that everybody's there in advance. Yeah. Now, it wasn't that complicated. We just showed up, got married, and that was it. I, it, it you know, I don't know why. You can still to... do that. You can still show up and get married, but it's better to reserve it if you know what day. You right. know what I'm saying? But, and I try to call my brother, my other brother, and invite him, but he hasn't called me back, so, oh well. I heard about that, um, you talked to his mom. Yeah. And she said that she, she might, or she possibly... No, she was just being catty and rude, and then she's like, basically like, well, I'll tell him to call, but I basically, I can't promise he's going to call you, basically, type of thing. Right. It's, you know... Which is funny because I haven't done anything to him at all, whatsoever. Randy's the closest thing to like a, a transient that I know. I mean, he does have a house and everything else like that, but he, he kind of lives that lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? And it's just him. It's about him. It's no one other than him. Well, he tried to say like, like when my dad died about how like my mom was like she was gonna give him stuff, but. Take her time to let go of it. Right. When he sent that letter and told her off, he put me in there. You guys, I had nothing to do with anything, but he was like putting blame on me. Really? Yeah, like I'm the one keeping him from my dad's stuff and things. So I think he's got a grudge against me, and if he does, that's his own problem. I'm the only sibling he has. I have you and him. I have two siblings. He's only got one sibling, blood sibling. Right. That's me. So if he doesn't want me as a sibling, that's fine. I at least have another brother. So. True. And it's horrible to say it like that, but it's true. It is. It's true. So. So, uh, let's see. You're having issues with the wedding dress, yes? Yeah, the dress, the dress that uh, I wanted to get. I guess we didn't know it was from China. That probably explains why it was so cheap. <laughs> yeah. Probably would have got it here. It would have been ten sizes too small and probably made out of, like, cheap material. But Oh, you want a dress? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a sheet. <laughs> Toga. But, I know. And, uh. So now we're going to have to find a different dress. I'll have to look around for that. I really like the dress I had picked out, but... Really? Yeah, but I've learned, like, if you buy clothes from China, uh -huh. they're missized. Are they? Yeah, because I got this one... I got some clothes that I, I didn't know they were from China at the time I ordered them on eBay, and I got them. Uh-huh. And they're supposedly my size, but they were, like, they were, like, teeny tiny. Like, teeny tiny. Like, smaller than mom. Really? Yeah, so... Their sizes are different sizes than American sizes. The only thing I've ever gotten from China is a CD. <laughs> I buy a lot of stuff from China, like my, to make my jewelry and stuff. Uh huh. And it's good stuff. But I wouldn't trust them for a wedding dress. I'm sorry. No. Because <laughs> sometimes those little things I get for my jewelry have like three eyes and they're missing an ear, and <laughs> you don't want your dress missing a skirt. Yeah. So. Or a different color. Yeah. It's got a big tear in it. Who knows? I don't know. I. And then they were saying like. They can't guarantee that they even have to ship it right now because things are going on. That's what mom was telling me. She called, because she tried to order it. Uh-huh. 
And then the bank wasn't letting her order it, so she called the bank and they said that right now with China, the way things are going with the tariff taxes and all that, that they can't even guarantee that China will even ship it to us. If they don't, there's nothing we can do about it. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably the better case of Valor to... Not get it. <laughs> so I'm going to look somewhere that's like in the U.S. to get it. Um, Jaden has just hit a milestone in his life. He, uh, he got his first wallet. Oh, wow. It's coming up. And see, I was, I was 11, 12 years old when I started carrying a wallet. Yeah. And mom actually bought him the wallet. Oh, really? And it was, it's a Marvel wallet. It's oh. got all these Marvel characters. It's awesome. That's I'll have to cool. show you after the yeah. recording. Um, it makes me feel old. Because that's, that's my boy. You know, that's my You son. are old. But I don't... You don't want to be old, but you are. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel old. God, I feel, I'm going to be 25. You know how depressing that is? That's... You're hitting prime. No. That's your... That's prime of your life is 25. I don't think so. Maybe it is prime. I'm going to be 30 and be like, I wish I was 25 again. Because I think it just happens in stages. You're just like, why am I getting older? I mean, for the most part, I feel the same. Yeah. I mean, I know this is going to sound weird, but I, I physically feel, I know I'm not in my 20s anymore. Physically. Yeah. Uh, mentally? I mean, granted, with kids and, and everything that we've been through, I'm mature, but other than that, I'm still the same person. I'm still the same person I was yeah. when I was 16 years old. That's what I try to explain to mom. She gets mad because she's like, how are you going to get married? You like to play video games and this and that. It's like, I will never go out of video games. That's just one thing I like. Right. Like comic books. Just like her. Movies. I have certain yeah. things I like and I'm never going to stop liking them. Right. She doesn't, mom doesn't understand that. That makes you immature in her eyes. I if you like comic books or if you like video games, it's just image. It's part of being immaturity. I'm like, no, it's not. Everybody has things that they like to do. Has time. She and likes to play she, slots. She on plays Facebook. slots on Facebook. She even bought credits. I haven't wanted to slap her. I was like, yeah. She's like, it's not my, she went on a rant one day when we were at school. She's, I was like, oh yeah, but I, I said something. Okay, well, small. okay, so she she figured out there's slots on Facebook. Oh no, God. And she's over there playing her slots on Facebook. She plays them all day long. She has a day off, like, from morning till noon till night. Or even when she goes to work. She gets up, goes to work, comes home, plays slots for five hours. Goes back to work, comes home, plays slots for two hours, goes to bed. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like, at least on a video game that I'm playing, you're not watching reels go around and around <laughs> and around and around for hours upon hours. At least we're doing something in our she game. She tried to explain to me. And then I was looking at her account, because she's like, you better get out, because, you know, she always makes, she always says I'm charging shit on her account, maybe go look at it. And I was like, wait, wait, what's that, Mom? What? Five ninety nine to Zynga Games. What? No. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I was like, well, it wasn't me. She's like, I was like, did you buy credits? That's not your business if I buy credits or not. I was like, you better buy credits for those games. Why are you going to buy credits for a game that is a slot machine? It's not like you can win the money back. Right. <laughs> and did I mention, we have Pogo. We have a, a thing to Pogo. You know that thing that Lacey used to play? Uh-huh. She won't even play Pogo. She wants to play the Facebook slots because they're exactly like the slots in State Line. They actually have the actual State Line slots uh-huh. on Facebook. Oh, really? The ones that you can play at State Line, yes. That's why she likes them because they're realistic, like real slots. Now, I do not like slot machines. I don't either. Now, the old school one reel, you know, rolls and then 777. Yeah. I can deal with that for like 
maybe ten plays. Yeah. But this the stuff that looks like video games and I kind of like those like. There's like an aspect of them that I like, like because they have like little mini games. There's just one slot machine that I love, absolutely love, but they took them out. I don't know if they have them anymore, but it was called like Thirteen Black Cats or something like that. And it was like like a black cat Halloween type thing, and you play it, and it's just cool because like I like the black cats and everything. It's like kind of I think it has to do with Edgar Allan Poe or something. I can't remember, but the mini game they have for that one is like these cats you climb the ladder and then if that if the crow comes and like knocks the cat off the ladder then your thing's over but they're getting really hardcore with these games now like the little bonus games like they have this mermaid slot machine that like there's like five different bonus games you could play and you gotta like match pictures and then there's all they're crazy now like they're actual games but it's impossible to get the bonuses takes forever really I just I don't care for those I don't I they're okay. I used to like them because when I used to first started playing them, I won all the time. Uh-huh. I really did. The first time I ever started playing slots, like it, it got me hooked because I was always winning. But I remember one of the times I went to state line. It wasn't the last time, but it was a couple times before. I had a hundred dollars left, and I was like, I'm gonna walk around to all these slots. So I would put hundred dollars in, like spin it twice, and then get up. What? What? What's in your head? Cause. No, listen though. I am. So I spit it twice, and I would get up and go to the next one, and the security guards came over to see what I was doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, someone must see me on the cameras, but just, just to make a uh, long story short, by doing that, I won $350 on one of the leopard, like, it was like a leopard slot machine. I spit that thing twice, and I could tell I hit it on max credits, and I won, like, all these things on there. I was like, wow. And then I left, because I wanted that money back. No. Why, what... What did the security think? I don't know what they thought I was doing, but I heard them talking and something. They, they thought I was trying to, like, check and see if the slots had, like, points on. Or I don't know what they thought I was doing. Because I would sit down, play a couple rounds, and then get up and walk away. And they were like, they came over to see what I was doing. I'm allowed to do that. Oh, absolutely. Can't stop me. And by doing that, I won money. So it worked. Probably never work <laughs> again, but. <sighs> yeah, one of these days we're going to have to sit down and play. Blackjack. Yeah, no slots though. Because I can't play slots unless I put back max credits. Uh-huh. I'm one of those people like, because if you don't put max credits, you, I have to have max credits in there. And it doesn't work for me anymore. It used to work for me, but the first time I, the first time I ever started playing slots, I won $700 on the goldfish slot machine, and I was hooked after that. But little did I know that that was like a one-time thing. It was like a freak accident. Right. So that's why I don't play slots anymore. But yes, definitely Blackjack. Well, that's it for this week, boys and girls. <laughs> So I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Marion Illich. And remember, boys and girls, if you're kicking ass in blackjack and all of a sudden they change dealers on you and all of a sudden all your money's gone, you could be seen red. Good night, folks.